Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperood. Said his head fell off, and then it head my head didn't fall off. It's just full of birds. Heck, heck. Head full of birds and a nose full of snot. It's the What If podcast, and we're here to rock. Show us what you got. Oh, that would have been a good one. Show you what we got. We're here to show you what we got, guys. Can I rap now? Yes. Okay. Why don't you rap about dinosaurs? Hmm. And potentially. It's a reptilian. Riding them to work. Mm. 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 Maybe we'll yes. have to dig that up for the Patreon listeners oh, at some point. Oh, Jesus. I'll tell you guys what. I'll just say this. There's a distinct possibility that Spencer rapped a very fantastic song all by himself, and it's somewhere mm. on the internet that you could find it. I like how to. this is the first time we're actively promoting any of my music on this show. <laughs> <laughs> this, it took us a year and a half, and this is what we're starting with. <laughs> That he doesn't even rap anymore. Nope, but never really did. But everyone, look at this thing. Uh, while we're doing this, go listen to Apollo Hills on Spotify. Oh, uh-huh. put out a record last week. It's really good. Your say so myself. What up, Claire? Ah, she doesn't listen to this shit. Claire, that's bullshit. <laughs> you can't address people directly, Claire. Hey, <laughs> even though you're not hearing this, that's bullshit. Uh, you want to talk it's about good, more man. aliens? No, the record's good, man. The record's oh, good. Congrats on thanks, that. Dude. I'm I'm happy about it. Shout out to uh, Laserbeak and the Doomtree crew. Y'all got the you got the big bump in oh, Tuesdays yeah. with Laserbeak this week. So rich now, but dude, so much money, bro. Putting you out there, many many monies, bro. Many streams, getting all of them. Um, yeah, that's dope. We should open with some. Uh, h- how about this? Retroactively, played... did you enjoy that Apollo Hill song? Oh, yeah, there we we just opened this. Uh, this. Uh, <laughs> this. Uh... Hey, you guys notice how the intro was ten minutes long today? <laughs> How'd you like my record? <laughs> we no, we'll do that. We'll definitely do that. In the meantime, yeah, you want to talk about people getting getting got? Okay, <laughs> by the big guys from the big sky. Big guys from the big sky. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I told you I could rap. I um. For those of you who are not yet aware, which you wouldn't be because I haven't told you, I'm a little bit on Dayquil and a little bit on beer today because Ryan's not feeling super duper hot. Nobody so cares. I just wanted to let you know in case I'm not in my finest form. That's why. It's okay, bro. We love you and we're here to support you through this difficult time. Hey, thank you guys. Hey, speaking of uh, speaking of y'all supporting us, we should say really quickly, we've gotten a lot of really kind and supportive emails lately. My favorite kind of kind and supportive emails where you guys just like write nice things. Yeah. Not necessarily about us, but just like a pleasant email shows up, uh, you know, a couple times a day in our inbox and I read them and feel good about stuff. It's fantastic. You guys, you guys make us go like, oh yeah, we're. We're doing we're doing okay, I guess, uh, life or something. Also, I've uh, I do intend to. So far, I've still been able to respond to all of our emails. Yeah, um, I'm definitely behind right now because real work exists. Mm-hmm. And in in a hey, bunch, this is real work. Um, work that pays my mortgage. This has, pays for mm, beer. <laughs> <laughs> this part we that we're doing right now pays for nothing. It pays in lovely emails from our listeners anyway i've been super busy but i will be responding to y'all who have emailed us in the last week or two yeah yeah and also speaking of super nice things you guys have done uh we actually recently i don't know if we actually like celebrated on the show we passed uh we passed 200 reviews on itunes which is pretty cool and uh and y'all y'all be staying saying very nice stuff in the itunes reviews so thank you to everybody who's done that it actually really does help us a lot uh, when you guys do 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 that, <laughs> so um, if you could go to iTunes and just leave the show a quick review, it would it would mean the dang dang world to us. 
the ding dang world to us. Um, so thanks to everybody who's done that recently. When are we too. doing our next Facebook Live episode? Because we <laughs> got to give the people what they want. That's real. So at, at 100 iTunes reviews, uh, we we thanked you all with the Facebook Live episode where we set up a cam and answered live questions and did a live stream and talked about like all the 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 inner guts of the show and fucking everything from like the Kennedy assassination to when we actually record the show. I don't know. It was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but we said we'd do that again at 200 and that happened like a couple are. months after our first one. So, um, yeah, I don't know. We, we should mm. <laughs> on air production meeting. What are you doing on? <coughs> what, what did we do it on a weekend last time? I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Um, I think it was a, I think it was like a, I think we did, yeah, we did like a Sunday evening or like a Sunday afternoon. Cause we wanted to make sure that if you were in the UK, it mm. like you, it could be like 9 PM where you are and we could we, still do yeah, it. But we, if you were in the U S it would just be like sometime between noon and you know, evening time or whatever. Yeah. So may, all right, well here, we'll tell you what, we'll Let's, tell you next week what our date is, but we'll do a Sunday afternoon so we can make sure that everybody around nice. the globe, including our Aussie folks, uh, can can tune in on uh, on Facebook. Make sure you join the Facebook group, I guess, because that's where we posted it last time, and that's where a hell of people join from. That's so. where you go to see Facebook Live things. Uh, uh, last thing before we start talking about aliens coming to coming for that ass. Yeah. Um, if you live in the Twin Cities, or, what if or you if, lived in the Twin Cities, or if you're down to make a road trip to a really nice uh, 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 oasis uh, in the uh, middle of the disaster that is the Midwest of the United States. <laughs> I'm just hype manning you over here. Sorry. No, I appreciate it. The air horn button is this one if you need it. Uh, I'd have to dive across a lot of equipment to get to it, just, but just point at it and I got you. <laughs> nice. I'm like, do you ever see that that viral video of the kid who hold, like? Hold, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait. Everybody's across the street. And the kid, every time the kid puts his hands up, all the people on the parade route start cheering for the kid. I'm going to be the little kid and you're going to be the parade route people. Brian's pointing. When I put my hands up. You guys can't see what he's doing. Oh shit. Oh God. It's getting weird. Uh, okay. What I was trying to say. Yeah. Is tell the sep- people. September 19th. Uh oh. We haven't been hyping this up and now it's, now it's rapidly approaching. It is time. September 19th. In Minneapolis, Minnesota. Talk to him. We are throwing a party. Yeah, we are. To celebrate our 100th episode. Holy shit, 100? That's how many. Let's go. We're, cel- we're having our 100th birthday party <laughs> at Ice House in Minneapolis, We're not grown Minnesota. now. We old now. Let's we go. Dead now. <laughs> we dead Fuck now. Fuck with us. We dead now. Uh, 100th episode party, September yeah. 19th at Ice House in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're going to be there talking about dumb shit. Some friends are going to come hang out with us. Our friend Lydia Eliza is going to play some music uh-huh. and probably also hang out and talk about dumb shit with us. Uh-huh. And it's going to be a great time. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anybody wants to make a road trip, you know, we got backyards and spare bedrooms and stuff. If That's you, real. If you, 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 you want to have a tent up. party in our backyards. Also, we so, live close to each other now, so you true. Know, we could just have one big sleepover maybe. True facts. Also, September is like... It's funny, most people come to the Twin Cities, I think, in the summertime because it's like warmer than it is fall cold. Is beautiful. Fall in fall in the Twin Cities is like literally my favorite season, favorite time to be here every year. Yeah. So uh it's a great time to come check out the river and the leaves and stuff like that. So yeah, anyway, after if you party want to, at Ryan's house. I mean it's double like a, as a housewarming it's party too, with a bunch of strangers. <laughs> no, sure. we'll just we'll just go sure to like your fiance a, will appreciate that. <laughs> that we've volunteered the home. <laughs> No, we'll just pick a bar in between us, and we'll be like, all right, everybody, after bar. There we go. There um, we go. But yeah, 100, 100th episode party this fall. It's going to be tight as fuck, and we're going to make sure it is. So, more, um, more info coming on that, but save the date yeah. if, if you would, please. We'll, we'll, we'll create a short link uh, to make it easy for you guys to Also, if you want us to ever come tickies. do dumb shit in public in your city, uh, hi at whatifpodcast.com. Yes, it's that's a- how email addresses work. <laughs> Well, it might be it might be dot biz. No, 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 no. I was saying that to myself because I just stopped oh, speaking right before I should have. <laughs> hi at <laughs> you, you, you des- know, just uh, hi, hi at you decide, hi, hi. hi at you decide. <laughs> it'll, All right, it'll take it where it's supposed to go if you decide. Ryan, do you want to go first? I don't know what you planned this week. You don't know what I planned this week. Ooh, abduction roulette. Well, I tell you what, we should we should give a quick primer and say that. 
we both realized at the end of last week's episode that we had a decent amount of uh, abduction-related material that we had not yet covered. Any abductions, so, bro? There are so many, uh, as evidenced by some of the stats that we talked about last week. <clears throat> and so because of that, we decided... We definitely needed a part two on this one, and we could do a three and a four and a five far into the future, and maybe we will. But for now, we wanted to get more into uh, some 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 stories, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's what we're gonna do today. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with just one story that I thought was kind of fascinating. Brilliant. I and hope it's not the one that I prepared. I bet it's not. Okay. Um, and and really, it's not technically an abduction story, but it is something that I didn't know before, which is that um, there is reports of alien communication going as far back as 1890. In what form? Well, there was a woman named Helene Smith who uh, was a French woman who was into what they defined as spiritualism at the time. Sounds like fun. In 1891. And she considered herself a medium in that she thought she could channel other people. And people and aliens? Uh yep. Great. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Yep. Uh and I guess technically it would be aliens because it would be a Martian civilization. So apparently mm. at the time, which and y'all trust me, we've never promised to be smart. But I was like, oh, they did know that like Mars was a planet in 1890. Like I, I don't know. I did. I didn't know when we had always. Mars was one of the first ones that we discovered, wasn't it? Yeah, but I didn't know what the it's timeline close of and it's planet relatively bright and stuff. Right. I just didn't know what the timeline of planet discovery and identification was. Yeah. In fact, I should probably do a when did the solar system become the solar system? I, mean, I think the ones that are visible to the naked eye were discovered pretty pretty early, like a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, but like, how do how do we know they were planets when we could see well, them? Well, right, by the we, we made telescopes, so shortly thereafter. But I long think. story short, uh, she believed that she could channel people who were part of, well, not people, beings who were part of a Martian civilization. Martian people. Martian people uh, who would communicate to her via automatic writing. So we've talked mm. about automatic writing in the past. Um. It'd be a fun one to go more in depth on at some point. Lots of good stories there. And automatic writing in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so uh Helene Smith uh basically in her medium experiments would go further and further outside of her general area to the point that she realized that she could take phrases from what she believed was a Martian civilization at the time and that she was communicating with aliens. Mm-hmm. Um what they have to say? Well, so it was one of those, they're speaking to me in a language that I can understand kind of things, but she was using automatic writing to write down what she referred to as Martian language symbols. Um, we don't awesome. have a ton. Yeah, we don't have a ton of details into um, like exactly what she was talking about, but. <laughs> that, you could say that. And have it apply pretty accurately to almost every abduction story that has ever existed. Which part? The uh, We don't have a whole lot of details about... Yes. Insert that like, for the most case. part, they are relatively, um, relatively, like... Well, I don't know. I guess, like... I mean, the one that we told last week was the... What was, I forget the name again. Pasca... Pascagoula. Pascagoula. It's like a ghost. Oh, it is like a ghost. How mm-hmm. come we didn't think of that last week? I did. I just didn't say it. Now Damn. I'm saying it so that maybe now you'll remember it. Now I'm totally going to remember it mm-hmm. now. Um, but like the Pascagoula one had a lot of detail. And some of the other ones that we're going to get into today have a lot of detail. I just mostly found this one fascinating. by by For me, it was learning the fact that there, the concept of alien communication. Obviously, we've talked about the fact that abduction itself as a phenomenon didn't really come into the public sphere until later. Or not in the format that we understand it today. But that actual like alien communication was a thing that was going back. It's like a it's like a mer- very mild, mild form of abduction. They just abducted her right hand and made it move around. Yeah, absolutely. She passed out and woke up and had like Sesame Streeted her ass through a Martian alphabet and was like, huh, what'd I do? 
by Sesame Street her ass. Are you? Is that a puppetry a, B, C, reference? D, oh, got it. Got yeah, it. just like I thought you meant they were moving her hand around like you would with that of a Muppet. Oh, I like. I'm wait Muppets on Sesame Street. Yeah. Did the Muppets and Sesame Street do a crossover episode? It's the same shit. It's Jim Henson and puppets. They're Muppets. They just didn't call them Muppets. <laughs> all right, They're the uh, exact same thing. I mean, all. I mean, uh, I mean, any puppet could What's, be a Muppet, right? No, Jim Henson puppets. Jim Henson did Sesame Street. I think so. Uh, I'm, Am I, I believe oh, you. Geez. Am I? I don't know. Birthing lies right now. Uh, I was born. Woo! OG sounder drop. <laughs> We haven't birthed that one in a hot second. Oh boy! How, did you take the recommended dose of of Dayquil or? Uh... I I think I took the recommended dose of Dayquil. I probably didn't take the recommended dose of beer with Dayquil. Mm, mm. So Jim Henson here Sasami Street. Sasami mm-hmm. rhymes with salami. Jim Henson salami Street. Wikipedia. Jump to Sesame Street. Yeah, I, I think. Um... Got to do a little... Jim Henson watched Sesame Street as a child. (laughs) Correct. Thank you, Wikipedia. Henson became famous in 1969 when he joined the children's educational television program Sesame Street, where he helped develop characters for the series. Dope. Boom. You right, Muppets. He was involved with Sesame Street for over 20 years. God damn, that's thorough. Kind of like a mop, kind of like a puppet. A moppet. 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 Mop it up. Twist it. Oh, yes. But don't you dare hit a Muppet, you evil person. They're kind and loving creatures. Oh, all right. Anyway. You want to hear about Travis Walton? Oh, boy. I did I did have Travis Walton in my repertoire well, for the day. Let's go. I went I went relatively deep on it. Okay, great. Let's do this. I also this. rewatched Fire in the Sky this afternoon. Did you? I've mm-hmm. still never seen it. Mm, so far, Not worth it. Oh, really? Oh, real trash. Okay, so... F- well, we'll get to wear fire in this guy. But the main character is played by Robert Patrick, aka the T one thousand from Terminator. Well, goddamn. AKA Agent Doggett from the X Files. Well, goddamn. Mm-hmm. That's um did he have to like say words on the Terminator? I've still never seen that yeah. movie. He was like, Well, I don't know. It's been a long time. He was the the, the evil robot guy. We should in make the second f- one. We should make a thread one. in the What If podcast group of movies. I just all the need movies to see. we've never watched. I'm not. I'm not much ahead of you, to be honest. I've seen like four movies, and Ryan has seen two. Bro, I feel like we need to like Chris in this moment because I got flamed for like sixty episodes of this podcast for yeah, all the movies I, I haven't it. seen. <laughs> <laughs> I was lying, but it was like you know. No, no, no. I wasn't. I was just calling attention to the fact that you hadn't seen movies by bringing up ones that I knew I had seen and you hadn't, even though that's only like three movies. That's some head-ass fuck shit, man. That's, that's <laughs> fucked up. And it was entertaining for a long time, and it still will be. I'm sad. I'm going to go sit in the corner. <laughs> I'm going to take my microphone with me. I'm going to sit in the corner. Well, that, gonna... that bit was fun for like 85 episodes. I mean, it's still mostly true. Like, I think mm-hmm. I got flamed for not seeing Terminator about a year ago, and I haven't remedied that since. So. Yeah. It's, um... Uh... I don't have the internet, guys. <laughs> I'm living in the goddamn dark ages in my new fucking house. More like an old house, am uh, I right? All right? jokes. Tell me about Travis Walton. All right, well, in November of 1975... Did he start Walmart? No. Okay. He did not. Is he related He's to probably been to a Walmart. <laughs> okay. November 5th, 1975, his ass got abducted by aliens. dun 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 Heck. He was working on a logging crew in, <laughs> you, you okay? You with me? I'm here. <laughs> President accounted for. He was uh, doing some logging in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest in Arizona. Is he by himself? Just cutting, no. Cutting he was with one a, tree at a time. He was part of a crew of six. And they were so him. Sorry, him plus six or six total, including him. Travis plus five for a total of six. Got it. They he was working as part of a crew that was on a tree thinning contract. So okay. they, they go through and cut out uh, the smaller trees to let the big ones flourish. Yeah, because they grow too close together, and then none of them get very large. And they take their water and yeah. cover their roots up and shit, consolidating trees to make bigger trees. 
Nice. Thin in the herd. <laughs> yes. We could all learn some lessons from logging. Um, so he was working with uh, Mike Rogers was the the contract holder for this job, and then he hired the other five guys to work with him. Mm-hmm. Walton was 20, I believe he was 22. He was in his early 20s when this happened, like 22 or 23. Okay. Um, Rogers was the oldest on the crew at 28, and the youngest was 17. The other guys were all like 19 to 21, 22-ish. Okay. It's just a bunch of like young dudes on a work crew. Yeah. Yep. Summer job for a lot of them and going out and cutting down trees. For sure. I was a corn to tasseler. I know what that's like. That's exactly like being a lumberjack. It was pretty hard work. (laughs) I wasn't cutting down trees. Did you use a chainsaw to to, to tassel the corns? No, but I sweated my fucking ass off and got mosquito bites and shit. Sounds pretty hard, bro. It was hard. Sorry, I had to be up, sorry for your loss. I had to be up early. <laughs> I'm just saying, manual labor. Those aren't even remotely comparable. Corn to tasseling? I wasn't swinging hey, explain, axe. Explain for the people what that means, because maybe I don't understand either. In, it sounds like about the... It's field work. You just you literally walk from end to end of a field for like fucking eight hours a day, starting at like six in the morning, and you take two hands and you basically rip the tassel out of the top of each piece of corn in a row of corn. And then Mm -hmm. you turn your ass around and you do it the other way. And then you do that all day long. It's basically done because corn is- pretty close to cutting down trees. I mean- chainsaw. If you look, if you gave me- With the Terminator. (laughs) You gave me the tree job, I'll just go in and do it with my hands because I'm strong as fuck like that. But- I was getting all all cocky just because he looks like a lumberjack. It's it's not true. You guys, I do look like a lumberjack, <laughs> but I could not do that because I'm not strong at all. So they had finished up a long-ass day of, of tree chopping, mm-hmm. and they were uh, packing their their saws and gas cans and selves back into a truck yep. and heading down the mountain yep. for the night. It just gotten, uh, just starting to get dark. The sun had set about 15 minutes before they, they packed up and left. And as they're coming down the mountain, uh, about 100 yards ahead of them, they see a light coming through some of the trees. And it's like a orangish, reddish glow coming from a, a stand of trees about 100 yards away from them. I forgot. What state are we in again? We're in Arizona. Arizona. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at first, the guys thought that it might be... Um, they thought it looked like a plane crash. Like a plane had maybe gotten caught in like the upper part of one of the trees and oh, was weird. uh was burning. Okay. I suppose like orange light you could call that a fire from far away. Yeah, they described it as looking sort of like a, a fire. And it was dark out like a red orange light close to the ground. Yep. You're probably going to assume it's fire, but this was much bigger than like a, a campfire or something. And as they drove closer to it, they uh they stopped the truck and got out when they saw a strange, this is Travis Walton's words, quote, a strange golden disc hovering hovering silently about 20 feet off the ground. Whoa. So they come across this disc in this, like, pretty dense wooded area. So wait, just to clarify, was the disc responsible for the orange light or were Correct. these separate things? The disc was what was emitting the reddish-orange glow that they had originally mistaken for a plane crash. Got it. As in, drive towards a plane crash, check it out. Wait, Turns that's out not a, a plane crash. That's a golden disc covering in the sky. Correct. That would, that would fuck up my work day. Yes. Send As me the, back to the cornfields. <laughs> I want no part of this. These guys didn't work in a cornfield. I did. <laughs> okay, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> They get closer and they stop the truck to try and figure out what in the what in the <laughs> what in the fuck was that? Sure. And Walton decides that he wants to get out and take a closer look. The other guys decide to stay their asses in the truck. <laughs> Good fucking luck, buddy. Mm-hmm. Guess who got abducted? <laughs> <laughs> Let this be a lesson <laughs> to all of us listening. <laughs> As he gets out to take a closer look. It's like every horror movie you've ever seen, yeah. right? <laughs> like, right. Hey, I'm just going to check out what that sound was in the basement. Cool. Good luck getting murdered. <laughs> we all know you're getting murdered and we are not. You know what that sound was? We call that a murder preamble. 
That's the sound that comes immediately before you get murdered. <laughs> that is the preamble to you perishing. <laughs> this is the introduction to a murder. Mm-hmm. This is the introduction to an abduction. An intro- Sounds like an ICP song. Introduction. <laughs> what does introduction to abduction? <laughs> no, introduction to a murder is definitely an insane clown bossy song. I, 10 out of 10 chance that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Walton described the craft as uh, having a, a diameter of about 15 to 20 feet, and it was about 8 or 10 feet, he says, thick. I'm assuming he means, like, from top, top to, to bottom. bottom yeah. Uh, and it was, a, a like, a flattened disc shaped like two, he says, like, two gigantic pie pans placed lip to lip. Okay. So, sort of I your classic that. flying saucer shape. Um, he said there was nothing that resembled a a hatch or ports or windows or anything like that. It was just like consistent, smooth, metallic something. Okay. And there was, the craft was not moving at all. It was just hovering uh, about 20 feet off the ground Mm -hmm. and it made no sound. So he decides, he said, I was quote, suddenly seized with the urgency to see the craft at close range. This is also, for whatever it's worth, this is like a trope that uh, is in a lot of these stories. To do something or yeah. go closer, or or when we kind of talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but like borderline and inability to do anything else other than be right. drawn to a thing, which I think in this case you've already seen something very odd. And he said his main motivation was that. He didn't want to miss an opportunity to see this unexplainable thing yep. and maybe have a chance at figuring out what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other cases, though, where it's not that that uh, compulsion to go to a certain location or to uh, go outside and look up or whatever people might describe right. happens before anything out of the ordinary is seen or heard. Like, I woke up and felt compelled to go outside, yep. and then I saw a UFO, or yep. then I saw these little gray guys around the corner of my house or whatever. This was at least, no, I saw a UFO, and it's right there. Uh, I'm going to walk over to it. I got to so, go get it. Yeah. Maybe a little less weird and telepathic control, but maybe not. I got um, to stop looking at names of ICP songs, because this shit is <laughs> fucking, fucking me up so hard. good ones? Bro, too many. Let's 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 finish talking about Travis Walton, and then I'll give you a "Is this a real name of an ICP song?" challenge. Please. <laughs> well, I know you're li- reading them off a list, but well, no, yeah. I'm saying I'm gonna make up songs okay. ones in between it. You can tell me whether or not they're okay. real. You should find another thing that we can compare, can compare it to, like okay. um, an ICP song or or the like Wikipedia title of an alien abduction story or something like that. Mm. You know, I like it. I we could call it like ICP or aliens. <laughs> ICP or, uh, well, yes. Carry on. I'll <laughs> I'll I'll figure this out. Yeah. He gets out and walks over to the the UFO, and he's he's standing directly underneath it, looking up at it. And he said, as he got closer, he could hear quote a strange blend of low and high pitched mechanical sounds. They were intermittently high, piercing, beeping points overlaid on a distant, low, rumbling sound. Mm. As he's standing underneath this craft, looking up and listening to these weird noises, an incredibly bright blue light shoots out from the bottom of the craft and engulfs him in sort of your stereotypical magical tractor beam of light that sucks people into UFOs. Sure enough. Mm Mm-hmm. He said, though, and this is not typical of other abduction accounts that I'm familiar with, all I felt was the numbing force of a blow that felt like a high-voltage electrocution. The Mm. bolt made a sharp cracking or popping sound as it hit me, and the stunning concussion of the foot-wide beam struck me full in the head and chest. Whoa, that's pretty wild. I didn't see what actually hit me, but from the instant I felt that, I did not see, hear, or feel anything more. So he was just instantly out when this light hit him. Whoa, that's kind of a trip. There is there is a trope in this, and again, I think we met we mentioned some of the tropes last week, but there is a trope of um, 
like the concept of paralysis. So yeah. like maybe numbness paralysis, like not being able to. I think he means also though that limbs. he was totally like unconscious at this point. Like this light just like boom KO like, literally knocked him out. Yeah. Mm. Damn, that's kind of a trip. As this is happening, there are five other guys twenty yards away from him watching this happen. So they see him get hit with this bright light and just fly backwards. So they didn't see him get sucked up into the craft. They see him get like propelled backwards by this light. Oh, whoa. So this thing had like an actual concussive force. Yeah. So he gets like knocked backwards a few feet, lands on his back. They think he's dead. I mean, if I saw you get knocked 20 feet backwards out of this room, I'd be like, he gone. <laughs> We, we had we had a good run. <laughs> we out of here. So well, along the lines of we out of here. The other guys, yeah, deuces, hauled ass down the mountain. Yep, and left him uh, five witnesses to this. Five, dude. That doesn't. That's a. That's another rarity. That does not happen very often mm-hmm. in these stories either. Mm-hmm. Even the we talked about how last week the two guys together was and one of them was unconscious for it, so it was really mostly one guy, right? Which yeah. most of them are one person going. This happened to me at night, or when I was in the woods, or in yeah. a field. And there are no another reason this one's interesting is like they reported it immediately, which I'll get to in a minute. And there was no like rec- recalled late at a later time through hypnosis or something. Yeah, or yeah. There was no like dream states sure. confusion like they were wide awake they were together they all reported seeing the same thing and there and they were got six the, of them and they got the fuck out of there yeah so they're they're hauling ass down the mountain without him i'm assuming correct okay they they get Sorry, towards the bottom Trav. of the mountain <laughs> hey did you guys leave travis on the mountain no <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> marie the marines <laughs> The Marines rule, no man left behind. The Lumberjacks rule, fuck them. <laughs> Go. So they get, they get to the bottom of the mountain or near the bottom of the mountain. And uh, Mike, the dude in charge, realizes, I just left A, my employee, and B, my sister's boyfriend. Oh, I did not know that was in place. Four dead on the top of this mountain with the aliens. It's not going to go over well, my guy. So he tells the other guys, hey, we got to go back and get him. And they're all like, fuck no, we don't. Mm -hmm. We are staying down here. We are not going back up to whatever the fuck that was. And he says, all right, well, you you guys can come with me or you can wait here and I'll come back and pick you up after I get him. And they all decide that at this point sticking together is better than... And sticking with their vehicle is better than standing on the side of this mountain waiting for Mike to maybe come back, but probably also get killed by aliens. Yeah. So they all go up there. They go back up there together. Uh, You know, I'm probably the right strategy. I see both sides. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I may have just been running down the mountain regardless of whatever Mike and his truck were going to do. But yeah, I was also going to say, I grab a chainsaw out the back and just. Head down. Turn it on, face it forward, <laughs> run. run run till you hit civilization. <laughs> until you trip and kill yourself. <laughs> that's a that's a Which six. might not be the worst outcome at that point, honestly. Yeah. I'd rather kill myself with a chainsaw than have the aliens kill me. With something else maybe yeah. potentially scarier. So they all go back up to the spot where they saw Travis get knocked on his ass by the tractor beam. Mm-hmm. And there's no evidence of Travis or of this UFO that they saw. Bummer. And they get out and search for a little while, can't find them, can't find anything, and decide to actually go down the mountain. And they report what they saw and the fact that Travis has disappeared to their local authorities in the small-ass Arizona town that they were staying in. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the authorities don't (laughs) believe that this man was abducted by a UFO. I was going to say, I bet that went over well. Um, they're, Did they think they were drunk? I feel like that was, like, that's a that's also kind of a common trope is people who report this shit being like, yeah, were you they, of sound mind? They were sober. They had been working all day. They drove to the the police station. If you are drunk, you probably don't drive yourself to the, the sheriff's off, or station. That's real. And someone was genuinely missing. Which is pretty easy to prove because they fucking left with that dude and right. didn't return with him. Right. So they 
don't buy the authorities don't buy the story obviously that he was abducted by aliens but they kind of have to figure out what happened and they think most likely there was some sort of accident that these guys are covering up or that one of them killed him or something but they organize uh, a search party the next day and they get about a hundred people to go up and search the mountain and no one finds any trace of travis or of this 20 foot wide ufo that was a apparently there the night before. Yeah. And suspicion starts to grow that these guys did something to Travis. One of these guys did something to Travis and the others are covering or something happened. I mean, I guess like it makes sense that if anything of any natural cause had injured him or killed him or whatever, You'd have pretty good evidence of that, right? Like, you could go back down the mountain and be like, dude, his fucking leg cut off, got cut off by a chainsaw and he bled out. Like, that would be a pretty normal lumberjack mm-hmm. thing to happen, an easy well, story to... hopefully not normal, but... Not yes. normal, but no one would be like, a logging accident. how did that happen? Right, a like, logging accident would not be the most surprising thing. For sure. Like, I feel like, not to be whatever, but like... If if you were going to off your coworker as a lumberjack, you wouldn't just be like, well, we got to take it by the aliens. Like, right. that would probably not be the best way to go about that. Right. You could just like, you I'm know. I'm not giving anyone fucking criminal advice here. I'm just saying there's a lot of holes in being right. like, I don't know what happened to him. They go back up and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, we just found this dude with his head bashed in. Like, what the fuck happened? You're like, oh, sorry. Tree fell on him. Yeah, right. Um. So... As time keeps passing and Travis keeps not showing up and they keep not finding any evidence of anything mm-hmm. illegal or otherwise, uh, suspicion is mounting with the authorities, but also with within this relatively small community that knows all of these guys. Yep. That the other five guys did something or they're not telling the authorities something that happened. And they actually had... The five men take a polygraph test at one point in which four um, out of the five tests showed no signs of, of lying and one was just totally inconclusive. That's because pretty interesting. The dude was just so like freaked out that none of his answers really lined up with anything. That's pretty interesting. So four out of the five passed the polygraph test, and the last one just was not usable. I mean, I know like, I don't know how reliable those are. Yeah, well, or was, how well they were administered. Sure, but for whatever that's worth, I was just gonna say like I know there's a shitload of contention around polygraphs in general, but at the same time, like I don't know. I feel like four out of five, with the fifth one being inconclusive, not a fail. I don't know if there's yeah. any stock in them at all for four out of five people to pass is like, well, and I don't know. Four that out seems of four statistically of the, significant. the ones that were administered correctly. They just threw the fifth one out because they just didn't have the conditions in which to do it. Sure. So in that, I mean, in that mind, like that seems statistically significant enough to me to be like, even that meaningful? is assuming that that data is meaningful in the first place though you know what i mean well right but i guess i mean Which i like, don't know how conclusively that's been proven that that information in terms of like heart heart rate and uh, perspiration on the skin and stuff that that actually correlates strongly with telling the truth or not yeah but i mean we don't we still use polygraphs and like a lot of things and in- I, I think they're being admitted in court less and less mm. these days but i i didn't have time to really go fully down that All right. that path before well we i guess this. Long story short, if there's any indication at all that they even remotely right. point to lying, four out of four dudes passing them seems like well, and in significant. This, in this case, that was confirmed because after five days, Travis showed up again. Cool. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up, buddy? How's your head, my guy? <laughs> his brother-in-law gets a, a phone call around mid. Hey, <laughs> around midnight of the. Uh, the fifth night that he had been missing and uh, saying someone saying this is Travis can you come pick me up I'm at this gas station 
And his his brother-in-law thinks it's like somebody fucking with me. Thinks it's a prank call at first. Yeah, I get that, especially because I bet they were somewhat newsworthy five, yeah. six days into this yeah. ordeal. It definitely got some some coverage in the media. And uh, Travis eventually convinces him that it is indeed him. And his brother-in-law goes out to pick him up from the side of the road um, the next town over. Mm. The next town over. Yes. Which, like, it, it's, I was trying to figure it out on Google Maps. I don't know exactly where he disappeared from in the forest because it's a fairly big area, but it could be as close as, like, a mile or two from where he disappeared. Okay. Depending on where they were in the forest, it could be a lot more than that. It's, like, one of the towns right around the edge of the forest in which they were logging, but not the town in which he lived. Okay. So I don't know exactly the distance, but not. Super far, but also like not like, super close if you're talking wilderness and but like potentially a walkable distance, I think. Sure. Um, but also we're talking about a dude who's been ostensibly without food and water for like five days. Yeah, maybe. So, or he's been fed and watered kindly by his alien captors. So there, there's the outside version of that story. Uh huh. Travis has also told his version of that story and what was happening during those five days. Before you tell that story, can I just mm-hmm. say really quickly, how thrilled were those guys when Travis called? Because <laughs> right? they're like, fuck, we're about to go to jail. <laughs> right. Like, had done nothing wrong, and they're like, nah, y'all killed Travis and buried him in the woods, you fucking assholes. Right. And especially in a small town where, like, <sighs> I would assume everybody kind of knows each other and that that word spreads quickly and that story is the story in that town. And I I would guess that there was a a court of public opinion that was decided before Travis showed back up. No doubt. And there's probably got to be also some sort of like, uh, like I I bet you a small town like that would call it motive to say, you know, he's. What, what was it? Brother-in-law? Not brother-in-law. Yeah, brother-in-law, yeah. right? Yeah. Like his brother-in-law's on the crew. Like maybe brother-in-law doesn't like this dude dating his sister or marrying his sister. And right. he's like, fuck this guy. You know, like that's that's motive easily in some Or even capacity. just like, I, I could see a situation in which uh, an accident happens that was not intentional, but someone would have been at fault for. Yeah. And they were all like, no one's at fault if we just say he disappeared mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. If right. I if I made a mistake and I cut down a tree that fell on him, or if I, whatever, whatever could happen. Right. When they you're just trying to down. watch each other's backs and be like, Travis is gone now. Shit happens. Yeah. We'll tell this story instead, or whatever. But a UFO cover story in which like that's what I'm saying. Too, they didn't though. even say that it took him. They just said that like, and they admitted that they left him up there. <laughs> Which I don't think you'd put in your story if you were making shit up. Not only is he gone, uh, we're also shitty friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where did he go? No, we literally don't know. We just bounced. Like, we were too scared. <laughs> so when's the last time you saw him? We didn't see him. We were literally driving down the mountain as fast as we could. We thought he was dead, and we didn't want to be dead, so fuck him. <laughs> if aliens are out here getting people, we weren't going to stick around. Uh, yes. No, I understand your question. Um, have you ever heard the phrase, you only have to be faster than the slowest guy? <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely our mantra. That's our guy, Travi. He was the slowest guy. So Travis has a very different version of events, uh, especially during the five days in which he was quote-unquote missing. That's hot. Let's do this. <laughs> he, after he got knocked to the ground by the beam of light and was unconscious, mm-hmm. Um, he recalls waking up inside of the UFO. Oh, dang. And I'm just going to read this verbatim from his book that he wrote about this encounter. Uh-huh. And, um, that book is called Fire in the Sky. There's a movie by the same title, which is close to the same story, but slightly fictionalized. Which stars the Terminator, as we have previously discussed. Not, the, not Arnold, the T-1000, not... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Get get to the salsa. <laughs> That's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> isn't that isn't that Predator though? Uh, I mean, yeah. it's good either way. No, but. I just it's just an Arnold quote. I, actually, yeah. I don't even think it's Predator. Oh isn't no, it, it is Predator. predator get to I'm the shopper. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, Dude, can we get, can we get a T-shirt of Arnold cartoonized Arnold pointing up and he like get to this salsa? Yes, <laughs> yes. I like that idea too much. Uh, it might be a better fit for Rob's podcast. Mm. Rob, if you want a free merch idea, have at it. Wait, Rob, let's make it a Ooh, let's crossover make it a merch. Meltdown, oh, crossover meltdown merch. merch. Did you ever hit him back? No, Rob. Dicks. Rob, I've been getting a house and engaged and stuff, and I'm sorry I've been a little busy, but we're going to be on Meltdown soon. So Travi awakes inside the UFO. Fucking, I love you, Rob. Shout out to Rob, man. <laughs> Rob stays fucking, like, giving us love on Are fucking- they trash? No, Rob is the best part. Rob is whatever the opposite of trash is. That dude is the tightest dude ever. That dude be repping the show on the internets all the time, and we love him. All right. Verbatim account of Travis's- experience inside the ufo let's go he says quote i was lying on my back i didn't try and move or even open my eyes at first i was so weak so watery weak that i knew if i attempted to move even my arm i'd lapse back into unconsciousness he writes in a very like uh oddly flowery way sometimes Mm. for i don't know it's, Did somebody help him flower up his book it it's it just seems unnecessary sometimes but whatever mm-hmm Uh, He goes on to say, a bitter metallic taste covered my tongue. My mouth was dry and I was very thirsty. Oddly, the weakness in my muscles did not seem to come from hunger. The trembling felt odd like a strange mixture of exertion and illness. Something was terribly wrong. Yikes. When he first first woke up, he thought that he must have been at the hospital. Because it took him a second to remember like, oh yeah, I walked towards that weird thing and Mm -hmm. then I got knocked down. Mm Mm-hmm. And now here I am, they must have taken me to the hospital. Right, 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 right. And that's why I feel shitty because whatever that thing was electrocuted me and now I'm at the hospital. Yep. Uh, He goes on to say, it was very hot and humid. The heavy air was almost stifling. It smelled slightly stale and muggy. I was sweating and warm moisture beaded my temples. That's called sweating, bro. Like, why did... (laughs) I was sweating and warm moisture was emitting itself from my pores. Right, like... Yes, we yeah, consolidated player. that to one word a long time ago, bro. Duplicative, my guy. <laughs> Feeling my jacket bunched up under my arms, I wondered why a nurse had not removed it. I still had all my work clothes on, even my boots, and the jacket was very warm. I'm, I thought I must have been injured so badly that there wasn't time to take off my jacket. Maybe I was still in an emergency room or something. Which, for what it's worth, is kind of an interesting concept. Like, if you felt like you got your ass knocked the fuck out and you woke up, that would be my initial. Yeah, it's like, totally reasonable. Yeah, like, oh shit. Doesn't explain what the thing in the sky you saw was, but no, but like you're like, oh, why are my clothes not cut off? Like I have a broken rib cage because I got fucking mm. Star Wars blasted in the face. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I then felt something pressing down on my chest. It felt cool and smooth. And I looked down and managed to hold my eyes open long enough to see that my shirt and jacket were pushed up around my shoulders. With my chest and stomach out, a strange device curved across my body that was about four or five inches thick, and I could feel it extending from my armpits to a few inches above my belt, and then curving down the middle of each side of my rib cage. It appeared to be made out of a shiny, dark gray metal. He then goes on to describe looking around the table and realizing that he is not surrounded by doctors. Or lumberjacks. Or lumberjacks. Or nurses. Or human beings and instead surrounded by a bunch of aliens nice who he described as being about five feet tall tight wearing matching orange jumpsuits tight and pale having pale white skin and being bald with big old heads big old eyes and no fingernails sounds well sounds Mm -hmm. yeah sounds about right i mean close-ish so as soon as travis discovers that he's surrounded by aliens he decides he's going to fight them. <laughs> My guy, I don't know about this one. So he hops up off the table. Sounds a little bit aggressive. And lunges towards the alien doctor, construction worker, jumpsuit wearing guys. I just got to, I'm sorry, I just got to mm-hmm. say real quickly. Mm-hmm. If you were just like, Oh, I wonder what the school of disc is. And they shot a light beam at you that knocked your dumb ass 20 feet backwards and you woke up with like fucking broken ribs on a table. And your first thought is, I'm bigger than you. (laughs) (laughs) You done goofed, bud. You done made a mistake. I don't understand the sentiment, 
But yeah. I think the, I, uh, the I might have opened more along the lines of I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for checking out your ship. I'll happily go the other direction. Yeah. Please don't use that five inch thick metal piece around <laughs> right. my body so also, to crush me. Also, some gaps in this. Yeah. Uh, you just described being so weak you couldn't keep your eyes open and having something like metal wrapped around most of your body holding you down to the table. I'm then- going to fight you. <laughs> right. Suddenly you just uh, hop up and are trying to fist fight aliens. Yeah, that's not the look, my guy. As he lunges towards these aliens, they simply Homer Simpson their ass backwards through the wall of whatever room they're in Strong. And, and disappear. Strong. So Travis takes this opportunity of being alone in this room to go start exploring the rest of whatever it is that he's inside of. Cool. And just starts wandering up and down the hallways of this UFO. Mm-hmm. Looking for a way out, which... I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't familiar. At 75, he was in his early 20s. Maybe, like, wasn't familiar with the concept of a UFO or not fully processing, like, that's where I am and we are flying and moving. And, like, if I just go open a door that goes outside, that might be bad for me. That's going to go as poorly as trying to punch your alien captors in the face. Right. That might make my situation actually worse. Yeah. So anyway, he's he's running up and down the hallways of this UFO, just trying doors and seeing where he can get to. Okay. Okay. Because the cool. aliens that okay. can pass directly through walls need doors, uh-huh. obviously. Uh-huh. And he finds a room that's just... That, that I just love me. the subtle flaming of the story <laughs> in the telling of the story. I'm just saying, yeah, because like, of fucking course, this is a thing. Anyway, <laughs> seriously though, if you're gonna no, put in, it. if you're it. gonna put in the bit about, oh man, they were magical and could pass straight through walls, don't just leave the part about doorknobs out of your story. It's not that hard. Just a little, a little plot consistency. Uh, sure, you know? sure. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. Anyway, you're not wrong. He finds a room that has one chair and a bunch of buttons and levers around it, and he just starts dicking with stuff. Just pushing buttons, moving levers. I'm Travis, <laughs> captain of the ship! <laughs> Take me to Walmart! <laughs> and uh, as he starts dicking with stuff... I'm the lumberjack <laughs> in the sky! <laughs> Dude, you are... You are on one, bud. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had this vision of this like childlike man, just like I'm gonna fuck this alien up. Give me this ship. I'm the king of the world. I like, just fucking thinks he owns everything well, and can fuck the whole world up. No one's told me he doesn't. Yeah. But as he's uh, just in whatever this room is, full of knobs and levers and buttons, which sounds totally like how a lumberjack would describe the inside of a spaceship. <laughs> yes. And. uh a human in a blue velour jumpsuit wearing a sweet helmet shows up behind him. Was it J-Lo? No. Did she wear blue velour jumpsuits? Mostly juicy, I think, for an existing mm. portion of the early mm. 2000s. Neat. <laughs> uh, he spends a fair amount of time at this point in the book describing how attractive this human man was. Oh. And how muscular he was. Oh. And how tight his jumpsuit was. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm... Details are important, I guess. Ought to cut that tree down so quick. <laughs> God damn it. This, uh, this very sexy man then took him on a tour of the UFO and led him eventually to a room where several other sexy humans were. Ooh. Um, one of whom he described as being, quote, the epitome of her gender. Yes. Which was the fem- there was a, a female sexy- alien gender? No, these were humans, apparently. Oh, so this. Oh, this they ship, were not human, just human-like. They were, in fact, actual he, humans. He says they were humans. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there were also little gray alien, orange jumpsuit wearing helpers, a- aliens, helpers. So the orange jumpsuits are for the aliens, and the blue jumpsuits are for the people. I'm gonna punch the little ones <laughs> and have sex with the big ones. I'm <laughs> Travis, the lumberjack. <laughs> If you're over five feet tall, you're getting fucked. You're under five feet tall, you're you're getting getting punched. (laughs) (laughs) 
Logic <laughs> and reason. <laughs> I don't have enough air to speak right now. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm Travis. <laughs> I got this covered. <laughs> Give me the keys. <laughs> so they, they they walk him into this room with all the, the sexy people. And they just start slowly pushing him down onto a table in the middle of the room. Okay. It's so, so scary. Things are going according to Travis's plan, sure. it sounds like so far. And Depends on how hard they push, though. That could go bad pretty quickly. They just knocked your ass back 20 <laughs> feet, bro. And as they're pushing him down, another person uh, sneaks in with like a, an oxygen mask and puts it over his face. Uh-oh. I and, bet it's not oxygen. And he wakes up an undetermined amount of time later along the side of the road and sees a UFO taking off. In the next town over, I bet. Yes. Oh, Jeebus. So he... Um, five days later. Right. Well, so he had. No, he doesn't probably know at the time. He has no concept later. of time during this period. He makes sense. Was unconscious, then was on the ship. Was awake for like a few minutes, and then unconscious again. Yeah, and then wakes up on the side of the road, sort of back where he started. Yeah, and has no idea when he gets picked up that five days have elapsed. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much true. He walked across the street, found a gas station, called his brother-in-law, and got picked up. And that is where the, the two sides of the story intersect again. Hey, man, where you been? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we write this book right quick. Well, the the guys who were with him believed him because I they mean, saw some wild shit that they couldn't explain. I was just going to say. And you, then he was gone for five days, and when he showed sure. up, he was kind of fucked up. If you, if you had seen the introduction to a murder that you had seen, like that would have been a pretty... Uh, That'd be a pretty reasonable thing to fucking assume is like, yeah, that mm-hmm. I bet that's what happened to you next. Right. See, this is what fucks me up about this story about Travis specifically is that like this to me, like we talked about, witnesses are usually not a thing when it comes to abductions or they're like like two like two people, partners, whatever. The fact that multiple dudes passed a polygraph confirmed, and as far as I'm aware, maintained that that was the story of all, all of them have. Yeah. And they, um, there was a documentary that came out maybe two years ago that featured, I believe all six of them. Oh, really? On camera, still attesting to Whoa. what happened in 75. What is that documentary? Uh, I think it's just, uh, hold on. It's like the, the Travis Walton. No, it's like the Travis Walton story or something. Hold on a second. I'll, Bruh. I'll pull up the, I couldn't find a, a way to watch it online, unfortunately. Um, so you can I mean, buy that's, a DVD of it from his website. It's just called, I would, I would Travis, the true story of Travis Walton. I would for sure buy that. Cause again, like those dudes, taking a lifetime of never being like we're fucking around like also it doesn't really seem or like here's what actually happened and why we told this story instead or right he got lost he got cut off from the group we got scared we didn't know what to say mm-hmm. i mean yeah man like that's a fucking i don't know like i know we just totally flamed some of the details of his story cuz they are kind of inherently like a little bit goofy in some ways but at the same time, they're kind of hard to combat because it's like you were gone for five days. There are people who saw you do this, say you did this, maintain that you did this. Right. Or and to I'm, the beginning of it, at least. I'm trying to think of a scenario in which six people would agree to, if if he was not taken by a UFO, mm-hmm. what did happen? And this is, whatever yeah. it is would require six people agreeing to the same story. Right. Maintaining it for 40 years. Right. Uh, Travis Walton genuinely going missing for five days. Right. No one knew where he was. Which is not... Genuinely showing up in really rough shape when he returned. Which that I mean, that alone is not an easy task. Like, if you were just like, oh, I'm just going to go live in the wilderness by myself for five days, like, you could die. No question. Yeah. And uh, he apparently got close based on reports of how... How he came back. Yeah. And... Four men successfully passing a polygraph test in which they were asked, was Travis taken by a UFO? Which is I, I, probably possible, but like when you add all those things up together, like what explains all of that? Nothing. And what did they have? What would they possibly have to gain from it? Like they lost that contract because of this. 
Which doesn't really surprise me. I mean, and which was to that point the largest contract that Mike, the the foreman of that team, had ever had. Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's pretty wild. It was a huge contract that they lost because of this incident. Because their integrity was greatly questioned. Yeah, and they also were short a person, so they maybe just physically couldn't do the job anymore. Right. When um when did his book come out? Mm, I don't remember when 19, it was first published. 1993. That was the film. Oh. I think the book was earlier. Hang on. But I'm not sure. Um, go ahead. Well, Walton is still doing... Like, I, I see where he could benefit from this in that like he published a book and a film based on that book... And he does the whole like uh, conference speaking engagement circuit now, and like which he's we definitely, have called into question in the past. Yeah, that makes me a little skeptical. And he's definitely profited from this story monetarily, but probably no more than you would profit from just having a normal ass job, right? And then the other five guys didn't get anything; they all lost money because of this. They lost a job and were like briefly murder suspects. And they would be required to keep their end of the bargain that For only what? only sort of benefits one of the six of them. Even if you had some sort of agreement like, I'm going to go missing. We're going to sell a book. We're going to split all the profits. Like there's no way they made enough money for that to be uh, some sort of story that they all told and then no. benefited from. And... You risk being arrested. You risk possibly being charged with murder. Like you I, risk I think maybe not getting a job ever again, or not in your area. Just, I mean, it doesn't seem like a, a a thing that any reasonable group of people would decide to do. So tell me why you got fired from your last job. Well, you see, we have this friend Travis, and right, and. I don't know what you do, like where a, a hundred person search party. So say he did get lost or separated from the group or, or, uh, or it was, or there was an accident were, or something, or it was a setup and Travis went in, like was supposed to camp for five days and then come back. Got a hundred people looking for you and, yeah. uh, and nothing, not a single piece of evidence showed up. This shit's weird. It's super weird. And th- there's definitely like, some parts of it that I'm very skeptical of, but it's yeah, also yeah. genuinely super fucking weird. Yeah. If it's if they hoaxed it, they did a really fucking good job of it. Yeah, and I don't know why you would. And I don't know why you would. I don't know I don't know what there, you stand to gain. There's also no I mean there, on the flip side, there's zero evidence that there was a UFO or aliens, obviously. It's purely anecdotal. Of the six people involved, yeah. Well, right, but I mean, like, no one else, as far as I know, reported seeing a UFO that night. Sure. Uh, Travis didn't, like, put anything in his in his pockets on the way out of the ship. Uh, I don't know what the, the, the physical, I'm not sure exactly what his physical state was when he showed up, but it was nothing like, oh, yeah, you're, uh, you're covered in uh, alien dust. Alien or, dust. <laughs> you got a weird piece of metal sticking out of your ribs. Right. You should get that looked at. So what? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, this one has been it's one of the most famous abduction cases, but I think in some ways for good reason. Like there's yeah. some genuinely unexplainable parts of this story. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it might not be Travis got taken by aliens, right? I don't know, bro. I don't know, man. I like it. Are we out of here? Well, yes. I I got. Well, we'll save it for a part three. Whenever we end up doing a part three, or I got it. We can keep it going on the Patreon this week. Uh, oh yeah, we could do that. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Um, that's the end of a great story. I'm gonna tell a really cool story about a photographer who uh, who travels to locations of people who claim to have been abducted by aliens and takes portraits of those people and interviews them and gets uh, direct quotes from them right. about their experiences. Um, it's a photographer named Stephen Hirsch who uh, just interviews abductees and tells their experiences kind of verbatim from their mouths. And um, there's some really interesting like quotes and and stories about that. 
And then maybe we'll play, is that an insane clown posse song or is that a Slayer song Ooh, on the those, Patreon that's this the, week? That's the options? Yeah. Man, I don't know either of those catalogs. So I know, that'll, that'll but that's fun. why it's funny. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we should just mention really quickly, we do double the episodes of this show every week. If you go to patreon.com slash whatifpodcast, you can get a second episode uh, every single week. It's only five bucks a month and uh, you get eight episodes instead of four. Eat. And uh, yeah, we'll talk more about... Um, some abduction stuff uh, this week on the paid episode. We out of here! Thank y'all for listening. We love you. We'll see you next week. Love you, bye. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. Oh,